about drama gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmin. In this episode, we will be talking about Resident Evil 2002, but we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Before we begin, or I guess we've already begun, I want I've I work at part time at an Amazon warehouse. I don't think I've mentioned it before. And before every shift, we do this huddle where everyone, all the employees gather around and the area manager up front tells announcements and all this stuff. I think most, I think some people try to avoid it, but I try to be a good boy and show up and, you know, participate in stretches and all that shit. And at the end of the huddle, most of the time they do this yell and it, it changes every now and then, but for for example, they want everyone to yell, Amazon! So, like, they do a slow clap. Like a slow clap from 80s movies. Like, alright, let's clap it out. Uh, 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 and then it gets faster until everyone's doing, like, a fast clap. Uh, 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 uh. And then the leader goes, one, two, three. And then everyone's supposed to yell, Amazon! Or... Um, whatever it is that for that shift. And most people don't do it because it's kind of dumb, quite frankly. Um, because <laughs> because let's say I, I work the 3 a.m. shift. <laughs> no one wants to be there. Everyone's tired as fuck. Everyone's sleepy as fuck. Everyone's attitude is like, can we just, we're clocked in, can we just move the boxes from here to there, three feet over, and then clock in and get paid for it, please. We don't want to yell, please. And there's no real consequence to not doing it. Although one of the area managers, she sometimes goes, I would appreciate it if the pros- the PAs also do the clap out with me or something. Or she goes, if if the PAs don't do it with me, how do we expect the associates to not do it or whatever? So what I started thinking is, there are there's a wide variety of people who work at Amazon. And there are old ladies. Grandma-aged ladies. And I just picture her coming to work at like 3 a.m. Probably driving in the dark maybe she gets an uber maybe she gets a ride i don't know but i'm assuming she drives there gets there at 3 a.m and then she's supposed to go one two three amazon they expect her to do that she's probably even more tired as fuck than everyone else there um i'm in my 30s and supposedly allegedly able-bodied i'm super tired as fuck uh, suffering from depression and anxiety and i don't want to do the amazon and so they expect this old lady to go amazon this old lady is probably ang- first of all angry at her kids because her kids aren't successful how do i know her kids aren't successful because she works at amazon if her kids were successful she would be living it up in florida or living it up in a separate mansion that her children bought her. So she's spending probably all of her off hours taking care of her grandkids 
she's probably angry at her kids, like, resenting her kids. You fucking kids make me work at Amazon because you weren't successful. You should have been lawyers, fucking bitches. Go put your diaper on. But Grandma, I'm 12. Did I stutter? That's an office uh, reference. So this this grandma's like probably taking care of her grandkids. Then she has to drive into work, lift heavy boxes, breaking her back. Then come home and take care of her grandkids again. And then the kids, her kids, are like, "All right, mom, I gotta, I gotta go to work. Can you take care of the grandkids?" I don't want to take care of your fucking grandkids, but I guess I have no choice. And she may or may not be abusing these kids in retribution for her kids making her work. God damn it, these fucking grandkids. What's that, Grandma? Did I stutter? (laughs) I said her pretty loudly. That's a friend's reference. I said it loud. Um, so, you know, this lady is probably not a child abuser. But you never know. You know what I mean? Um, anything's possible. Just remember, kids, anything's possible. Your grandma could be a child abuser. Probably not, though. Let's, let's, let's think positively. Okay. Let's move on, since we're talking about potential child-abusing grandmas. Um, I I woke up this morning because my wife woke up early. She's, she's trying to be healthy and take walks and stuff, which is so dumb. And she woke me up, and I'm like, let me sleep, woman. And so she, we woke up, we ate breakfast together. I didn't realize she worked today, so she went off to work. I'm like... Why are you bother? Let me sleep while you work 12 hours at your nursing job. And so we ate breakfast. I fell asleep again, of course. And then I woke up. I ate a donut. Then I grabbed a 12-ounce sugar-free Red Bull and Gardettos and came up to the office to record this podcast. Speaking of donuts, there was a time recently where I wouldn't call it a low point, but I I bought a dozen donuts from Dunkin' Don- Dunkin' Donuts, and I went through the car wash, and I was eating at least three to four donuts while the car wash was washing my car. Some would call it a low point, some would call it a high point. Um, I'm just sharing my story. Um, if I buy a dozen donuts, I'm not joking when I say. Four of those are gone by the time I get home. That's the huge. That's the regular. Um, I'm not proud of it. I'm not sad about it. It's just, it is what it is. It's the truth. It's my truth. You got to share your truth. All right. Um, what else can we talk about? Takahashi. I want to talk briefly about Joe Koi. Um. We saw a preview of his movie, my wife and I, and I didn't realize he was ha- he had a movie coming out. And um, so this 
trailer, I don't know the right word, blindsided us. It just surprised us, is all. And, you know, I think it's important that myself as a Filipino-American living in California, in the United States of America, and, you know, my parents are full Filipino, born and raised in the, in the Philippines, came here to give me a, um, a better life, and I'm using that life to work at Amazon. <laughs> uh, and my wife is also full Filipino. I don't, I don't know the right term. One time I referred to myself, to my, um, myself as a fake Filipino. And my friend who is half Filipino, half Filipino, half white, he said, why would you be a fake Filipino? You're full Filipino. I'm like, yeah, but I don't speak the language, etc., etc. So I don't really, I, I refer to my wife as real deal Filipino because she was born and raised in the Philippines and knows the language, etc. Anyway, so I think it's important that we support Filipino Americans, but at the same time, I think it's more important to speak freely and honestly, or maybe not important, but I, I like it when people speak freely and honestly. So I saw the trailer. I, it didn't make me laugh, to be honest. Um, I'm glad that there's a movie coming out that sh sheds some light on Filipino-American culture. That's cool. That is cool. But the trailer did not make me laugh. It's uh, directed by J. Chandra Sekhar who is known for Super Troopers and the Broken Lizard Group. Um, I'm not too familiar with this stuff. I think I've seen Super Troopers once. It didn't hit me like it hit most people. But I'm familiar with him. I was also surprised to see that Joe Coy didn't write the movie. He doesn't have a writing credit. He doesn't have a story credit. He's just acting in it, which is fine, but... I don't know, Joe Coy, the few clips I've seen of him are very funny. One of my favorite clips, one of the funniest things I've ever seen, it's a, it's Filipino Elvis. He's talking about his uncle and how his uncle is one of those Filipinos who doesn't like his accent and he tries to hide his accent, but it ends up sounding like a worse accent. And he sounds like Filipino Elvis. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen or heard ever. So I'm like, well, he's funny. So why doesn't, why don't you give him a, a movie? Why don't, you know, maybe he's working on it, you know. But the movie seems to be very much about him. It's about a a, um, a Filipino-American and his son. I believe he has a son. And it focuses on his mom in the trailer. And he has a lot of jokes about his mom. So maybe this was written specifically for him, but it wasn't written by him. The screenplay is by Ken Cheng and Kate Angelo, whose names are not clickable on Wikipedia. I don't know them. Story by Ken Cheng um, and directed by J. Chandrasekhar. Chandrasekhar, who we already went over, but he's a good director um, as far as we can tell. And then I was telling my brother, there are no 
bankable Filipino American stars. There, there just isn't. That's not good. It's just it is what it is. Jimmy O Yang is in this movie, who's Asian, Hong Kong-born American actor. He's not Filipino. Um, Tia Carrere, who my joke to my brother was like, um, she was in the Philippines once in her life. Let's bring her into the like. She has, she was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. She is of Spanish, Filipino, and Chinese descent. Or one of her ancestors is distantly Filipino. Let's bring her into this movie. Um, and then a bunch of people I am not familiar with, um, followed by Tiffany Haddish, who her clips in the trailer were the closest thing that made me laugh. And then Lou Diamond Phillips, who um, I don't know what he was in. He was, he was born in the Philippines. I guess that's something. Um, raised in Texas. He, his mother, a native of Calendaria Zambales, is Filipina. I don't know where Calendaria Zambales is. So he has some Filipino heritage. Although he, he was in the 33... Playing an English-speaking Chilean, I believe. Anyway, let's move on. I believe the role uh, that Tia Carrera is playing was supposed to be played by Sharon Cuneta, who is a huge Filipino star in the Philippines. She's a great singer and a great actress. And she had a, according to Wikipedia, had a false positive COVID test, so she had to drop out. So the role was given to Tia Carrera. To people in the Philippines, Sharon Cuneta is more of a household name than Tia Carrera, but people in the States, I'm assuming Tia Carrera is more of a household name. Although, you know, the Filipino-American community would also know Sharon Cuneta. So that's um, unfortunate that Sharon Cuneta couldn't make it. Shout out to Mr. DJ, an old jam that she sang on. Um, so my, I came out of my room today and my mom was all, already, all, I never talked to her about this movie. She was already like, Mond, are you a fan of Joko? So she already got the name wrong. Are you a fan of Joko? I'm like, uh, kind of a little bit. She's like, we're going to go see her, his movie tomorrow in the theater. I'm like, all right, hope it's funny. I got to say, I, I kind of doubt it, but all you can do is hope for the best. You know, that's all you can do. I hope it's good, although I will say I, I brushed by a, a headline this afternoon that says uh, Joe Coy's movies flounders, but, you know, headlines are headlines are headlines. So I won't. All I can say is what I thought about the trailer, and I didn't think it was great. But hope for the best. You know, maybe it'll make me laugh. Um, okay, let me check out my notes to see. Okay, I know I've talked about Ghost Town Podcast a billion times in the past. I'll, I'll try to make this brief 
and I'll try to make this the last time I talk about Ghost Town Podcast, at least for a while. So Ghost Town Podcast, hosted by Rebecca Lieb and Jason Horton, I would consider it my second favorite podcast. And I like it a lot. I I think over time, I just had to make the realization that Jason Horton doesn't like those early episodes because he's made comments. He's made comments like, when people disparage the podcast, they're probably listening to the early episodes. Which makes me sad because those early episodes are my favorite episodes of the podcast because they are free-flowing and they are funny and they are allowing themselves to be funny. And then he made another podca- another comment which really broke my heart where he said, we thought about making those early episodes private or deleting them, but we decided against it. And I'm like, why would you... It just it just made me realize that he agrees with those comments and he vastly prefers the format they have now, which I don't I got to be honest, I don't really like Um, the conversational. It's weird because they they say comments from Apple podcast reviews where people love the banter, people love the banter. But I guess Jason doesn't like it when they go off topic. Rebecca likes when they go off topic. Because it's funny and it's fun and that's part of the beauty of a podcast, in my opinion. Let me see how long I've been talking. This episode is supposed to be Resident Evil. And if Audacity would would load properly, I'm almost at 20 minutes. I haven't talked about Resident Evil at all. And I'll get to it at the end of the episode, but it just made me realize that ghost town podcast the one the ghost town podcast that i really loved is kind of gone it's just gone and for the most part in recent episodes it's rebecca reading and i gotta say i I hate podcasts that just read there's no soul to it there's no spirit it's just robotic and monotonous it's almost as monotonous as my regular voice and i just i don't know i don't like it and of course they don't go off topic because it's just her reading for the most part and you know it's not that's not exclusively the podcast sometimes they'll get together for 30 seconds you know they they do that middle portion which it's again it's a weird thing it's a weird format I don't know. They're trying to please everyone, but I wish they would have just stuck to their guns and be true to themselves and continued with what I thought was a really great podcast. I wish I could go back to 2018 Ghost Time Podcast and tell them, you're beautiful just the way you are. Don't change. Never change. Never change ever. But they've changed a lot. And I... and. Jason has seen that as a positive thing because he's read pod he's read comments that say this podcast really improved. I'm like, no, in my opinion, no, it did not improve. It changed into something completely different. And again, I just don't understand why you would work so hard to please people 
who are deeply criticizing your podcast. And even if you understand the comments, it's like, well, people love people love the original format of the podcast. That's that's why uh, I don't know. I think that's hopefully that's the last time I, I talk about Ghost Town for a while. Um, but they are still. I think they are two of the funniest people I've ever heard. I think they're very smart. Even when they talk about serious stuff together, they're very smart. They're very well-read, well-spoken. I don't like the solo reading thing. And I understand this. my podcast is a solo podcast, but it's only because I don't have any friends. So I guess we can move on from that. Ghost Town. In the news beat, um, something about monkeypox. I haven't read into it. By the way, at Amazon, at my job, you know, when I started in April 2021, there were were a lot of COVID precautions. They had a whole section blocked off dedicated to testing people who wanted to volunteer and get tested. Um, And then over time, it would fluctuate. It would be like one week, it would be like, Masks are required. Another week, masks are no longer required. And it would fluctuate back and forth, alternating over months. But I guess at this point, maybe the California state law changed. Uh, Maybe the numbers are increasing. I don't know. But this is the first time they're doing this. But they are providing COVID at-home tests for us at Amazon Warehouse. And they are requiring us to test ourselves at home twice a week. It's the first time it's happened. They didn't really say why. They just said this is mandatory um, for now. Uh, It doesn't really bother me. I don't really care. Um, I honestly think most people, because we get notifications all the time saying there's there were two positive cases on this day. There were three positive cases on that day. I don't think most people care because everyone knows they have to go to work regardless if they're sick or not. They have to go to work. But I know other people disagree. It's like, well, we have to stop spread. Well, how am I going to make money if I can't work? You know, it's a tough thing. So whatever. But monkeypox, I don't know anything about it. Maybe it's the next big thing. I don't believe COVID is over, but it's nice to see these viruses and diseases are overlapping that's you know that's fun it's fun it's a fun time you know i'm i'm kidding it's not a fun time but whatever in the music beat actually in the news beat i wanted to read a few headlines when i search gaming news on google it's not a really good way to get your news so i don't i don't really know what else to do but there you have it controversial nintendo switch game officially postponed this is from comicbook.com and i briefly read through it and it's a game called massage freaks and they keep mentioning how it's a not safe for work game and the switch usually you know, it's usually a family-friendly platform. And I guess this was kind of controversial because they were bringing massage freaks over to the Switch, but now it's postponed. 
I was reading about Massage Freaks, and it's available on Steam. It's called Beat Refle. I don't know if that's supposed to be Beat Reflex or something. Um, and I guess you must... <laughs> You massage what appears to be girls, and I believe it's a it has rhythm game um, elements about this game. This is from Steam. All characters involved in sexual content are over the age of eighteen. This game is a work of fiction. It has nothing to do with any real person, group, or incident. This game is not intended to incite or encourage crime. Do not imitate. Um, about a rhythm game. What's with my voice? A rhythm game where you massage cuties? Play the rhythm game to work out the kinks in these beauties' bodies. This new take on rhythm games has you massage beautiful women in time to the music. The patrons of your massage parlor have not only sore bodies, but unique worries weighing on their hearts as well. Use your secret massage technique to clear all the stress out of their minds and bodies. Um, it's $27.99 on Steam on sale for 10, 10% off $25.19, which is steep for me. I am curious about the game, but uh, 25 bucks for a game on Steam, which I have a ton of Steam games, but I don't play it that often. So um, people in the article are assuming that Nintendo had something to do with the delay of this game, but it's unconfirmed. Um, it says... What does it say? Uh, the Switch version of Massage Freaks, which was scheduled to be released on August 4th, 2022, has been postponed after discussions with related parties. We sincerely apologize for any inconvenience or cause to our customers. I would appreciate it if you could read the attachment. So, unfortunate, I guess, but you can play it on um, Steam. And... You know, I've seen games on Switch that are like what appears to be like dating games or like anime. You know, it's I don't I don't care if it's family or friendly, but I know Switch does. But they do have like dating games on there. So I don't know if you massage girls who are over 18 to the rhythm, the rhythm's going to get you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's also a Massage Freaks trailer for Nintendo Switch on the GVN channel, which I am unf unfamiliar with. Um, so that's interesting, I guess. The biggest gaming news for August 3rd, 2022, I am looking on thegamer.com. Um, Pokemon, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm not into Pokemon. Never have been. EA reportedly working on another Marvel game besides Black Panther. Um, this, I, sh I should have read through this. Multiverse's first complete battle pass will have 50 tiers. Well, that was, that was a waste of an article. That was 
that whole that was boring that was real boring so here are some articles i clicked on headlines i clicked on on movieweb.com teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem comes to theaters in 2023 you know i don't know i i'm a fan of the tmnt i think they're fun characters it kind of blew my mind when i realized that tmnt is a parody started off as a parody of daredevil i believe um you know there in daredevil there's a character called the stick and then in tmnt their mentor is splinter and then in Daredevil, the enemy is called the Hand. And then in TMNT, the enemy is the Foot Clan. So that kind of blew my mind. But I'm a fan of those characters. And also, I I pre-ordered the physical, uh, the limited edition from Limited Run Games of TMNT Shredder's Revenge. I have not played it yet. I was surprised to see that it's on Game Pass and I have an Xbox Xbox Series S that I honestly barely touch, but it's on there. I haven't played it yet. Um I'm excited for the Kawabunga collection just cuz I can play that tier, that NES game that I used to like. I really like the music, but it's I heard it's a really difficult game. Um, I'm just not a, I'm not a huge fan of Seth Rogen. You gotta be honest. I guess he's kind of funny, kind of. I just, you know, every time I see him, it's the same character. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Um, that was a long pause. I, I should edit it out. I don't think I'm going to, though. I don't think I'm going to. You know... I I really love the Joker. So here's a headline from MovieWeb.com. Joker Folie Adieu unveils first teaser trailer. Lady Gaga confirmed to co-star. And I was a huge fan of that or original Joker. Um, so much so that I put it in my top four... Um, top four movies on letterboxd and then i took it off eventually but i did love it a lot and i don't hold on let, let me let me react to this teaser trailer in real time it's 18 seconds i don't have audio because I, i'm connected to the uh, audacity Okay, it's it's barely anything. It's just a bunch of images. 10, 4, 24. Here's the thing. Okay, I, I understand that this is... It's not connected to the Batman movies. You know, it's not connected to the DCEU. I... I kind of wish it was just because I love Joker so much. So why wouldn't you connect it together? But I guess, you know, Todd Phillips went in a really different direction. He went super R-rated, super violent, super grounded. 
no CGI that I can remember, and I love the direction he took it in. And I guess it's just a different direction. So, but I love that. This is my conflict with it. I love Margot Rob Margot Robbie, and her dedication to the role. Her performance is great. So it it just it's just kind of a bummer to see that Lady Gaga is going to be Harley Quinn. I know people love Lady Gaga. I thought she was fine in whatever that movie was where Bradley Cooper committed suicide at the end. Oh, tr- uh, trigger warning slash spoiler alert. Um, I, sh- I should have probably said that before I revealed that he committed suicide at the end of the movie. Um, here's the thing, like, Margot Robbie has portrayed Harley Quinn for the past six years since her debut, debut in the 2016 film Suicide Squad. She followed that up with Birds of Prey in 2022 and then the 2021 reboot The Suicide Squad from James Gunn. However, Joker is in a different DC universe and the use of Robbie would not only be out of place but would confuse fans even more. Lady Gaga has proven her abilities in the Best Picture nominee A Star is Born as well as House of Gucci and American Horror Story. Um, would it confuse fans even more? Or is it more confusing that you have multiple Jokers and multiple Harley Quinns? You know what I mean? Was it also confusing when Grant Gustin, is that his name? Let me look it up. Grant Gustin, who was awesome as The Flash, just awesome in The Flash. Was it more confusing or less confusing that they decided to make a movie that involved The Flash and decided to cast Ezra Miller, a different actor, a different person, actor, acting person, in the role for me it was more confusing because my first question was why didn't they cast grant gustin in the flash version of the movie and you know people have their reasons like well it's a different continuity it's a different universe like who cares he was awesome as the flash on tv make him the flash in the movie Uh, i don't know so according to this movieweb.com article um this would confuse fans even more if Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn portrayal was also in this Joker movie. I don't know. I haven't seen House of Gooch. I think she's a capable actor. I'm just kind of confused. And I loved Joaquin Phoenix's take on the character. You know, and then they had that I'm afraid to watch the Batman because I loved it. And to rewatch it again, I, I'm afraid. It's how I feel about all these movies. It's the reason why I haven't rewatched No Way Home. It's the reason why I haven't rewatched Doc Strange 2. Um, I'm afraid I might like it less. Or its flaws will show more. But, you know, we'll see. I. I again I love that Joker movie 2019. 
I loved what Todd Phillips did with it. I loved Joaquin Phoenix's take on it. And who knows? Maybe she'll just blow me away. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Next headline. Jung Ho Yeon, how she went from Korea's next top model to Hollywood rising star. Um... I don't I don't really want to read through it. I I think she's a beautiful girl. That's all I can really say. There was a meme that I, that I saw where everyone was watching Squid Game and then the <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. But basically it's that picture of a <laughs> a black guy behind a tree with his he's like rubbing his hands together like mm about the actress in Squid Game. It's hard to explain, but it is it's funny meme. Here's the headline: Lady Gaga fans are thrilled over Harley Quinn casting in Joker Two. Is it true, or are you just Jesus Christ? Brendan Fraser looks unrecognizable in first image of the whale. What the fuck? I don't know if that's makeup or if that's real. I'll just say I hope it's um, makeup. Okay, what else do I got? Let me check my notes. Music beat, where I talk about music. Music rarely fills my heart anymore. I just It just doesn't affect me unfortunately but i will mention i was listening to app to um, amazon music sorry my amazon music subscription and then domi and jd beck popped up on my music app and i i was familiar with them before but i didn't realize that their album had come out let me see when it came out. Um, please, computer, just work. J.D. Beck. Um, where's the Wikipedia page? Come on. Of course, it doesn't give it to me. Um, tell me, Jesus Christ. It doesn't say when their album came out. Jesus Cristo, jeez. It should just say their debut album came out on blah, 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 blah. When did it come out? Anyway, it came out recently, I think. 2022. It's embarrassing. Um, I'm just going to control fine. Oh, July 29. Here's one thing I'm just going to say. I'm just going to be a little cautious here. What the fuck? Dog refuses to give birth when vet sees the ultrasound. He calls the cops. Um... Tell me the rest of this article. 
when he made the ultrasound, he saw it. You're going to really make me... Monica. You're going to really make me press click next on all this shit? Oh my god. It's not going to tell me. Fuck you, article. Alright, Domi and JD Beck. Um, I saw JD Beck live years ago. I went, I think it was at the Hi Hat in Los Angeles, California. And I went to see my, um, a band called Chin Chin, who is a very cool band. Check them out. X I N X I N Chin Chin. Very cool band. I was I came to watch them and they were playing with um Lewis Cole and Genevieve Genevieve Artardi. I don't know how to pronounce her name, I apologize. And I don't know if JD Beck was JD Beck yet. Um I don't know if I don't even know if he was with Domi yet. I don't know if you pronounce it Domi or Domi. But I don't think Domi I don't think Domi was there. I think it was just JD Beck playing with a group. And he's he's a drummer you don't forget anytime soon. He's super good. Domi is an excellent keyboard player, but I don't think I've seen her live. But I saw JD Beck he was playing with another group, so I don't think they announced it as like, and now performing J.D. Beck. I think he was just the drummer for this group. And you should check them out. You could, should check out their live performances. Like, check it out right now on YouTube. Just Google or YouTube Domi and J.D. Beck. D-O-M-I and J.D. Beck. And they're amazing um i saw a comment on a youtube video that said jd beck inspired me to stop learning drums which is very funny and they're i, I don't know they're i don't know if they're prodigies or i mean they're they're very young but very good like super good like unusually extraordinarily super skillful and you just gotta think they probably probably just came out of the womb and were super good but check out their stuff oh i i forgot my thought process so they have a lot of um they have a lot of guest artists on their album and it was just kind of confusing because they have like like rappers and a hip-hop artist, which is fine. But I'm like, if you have lyrics in them, I, I just feel like if you have lyrics to the songs, you can't really, you can't shine the way that Domi and JD Beck need to shine when it's just them two. Um, you know, and I, I'm not trying to disparage, you know, the, here is the Thundercat, Mac DeMarco, Snoop Dogg, Busta Rhymes, um, 
Herbie Hancock, really? Um, Anderson Peck. And like, what do you want to, your, uh, Peck sat us down with a whiteboard and was like, what do you want your album to feel like? What do you want to accomplish? And who do you want on it? He just made everything happen. So maybe, well, I guess it was their choice to do this. And keep in mind, like, I've only listened to it a little bit, but I guess I'm just a, such a fan of those two just riffing. Like, um, you got to watch their live performances. It's like, it's almost unbelievable. And I just feel like, like when you listen to a hip hop song or a rap song, you're listening to the rap. You're not necessarily, or, and then maybe there's a short piano, a keyboard solo, or maybe there's a short drum solo or a cool beat, but I'm just saying, like, I'm there for those two, for Domi and JD Beck. Um, and maybe I'm being overly judgmental too soon, but check it out. They, they're amazing musicians. Very, very cool. Um, I checked online to see if they're playing live and it's like, they're in like France and then they're like in the Netherlands and then they're in whatever WI is Wisconsin I'm guessing but check those out check them out um I'm all I think I'm like past 50 minutes I'm at 45 minutes uh this podcast is a mess isn't it it's just so dumb it's just so dumb the gaming beat is where I talk about games I've been playing and games I've been into lately. You know, I'm still huge into Metroid. I love Metroid. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've given this tip before, but it's a, it's very simple tip, and it's, it's kind of dumb to mention, but if you haven't tried using earbuds while playing the Switch, it really immerses you into the game. And one of my favorite things to do is to play Switch and listen to a podcast at the same time. I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite things. But you're really, you're listening to the audio of the podcast, obviously, and then you're playing visually, you're playing the game. So you're kind of half paying attention to both. But if you really want that pristine gaming experience, I suggest using headphones. I I purchased like a $9 pair of headphones and it's it's a world of a difference because it really takes you into the game and you hear all the intricate sound design and music details that you wouldn't if you're not listening on with earbuds especially with a game like Metroid Dread you hear like the the bass and all the electronic clicks and everything it sounds really very cool and you really feel the dread of the emmy robots and stuff it's very cool um you know i talked about metroid in previous episodes and talked about nintendo in recent days i i kind of played a lot of different games very briefly because sometimes my mind does that so I played like Bark. I think it's called like Bio Interstellar uh, Arc. It's like this dog shooter. 
and it's it's interesting. There's an intro in an animation that's very intense and pretty emotional, and it's very short, but it's it was very well done. So check that out. I think it's called Bark on the Switch. I played Pocky and Rocky Reshrined very briefly. Um, I'm interested. I started the demo for uh, a new Super Lucky's Tale. And I'm interested in playing it, but I believe it's 30 Bones, which is a little steep for me. But I am interested in it. Um, I played the Cotton Reboot on the Switch. And I I was reading reviews that kept mentioning visual distractions, and that's accurate. It's a little hard to follow, and I'm getting older, and my eyes aren't the same. My brain isn't the same. I'm sure it's a fun game. There's just a lot going on when you're trying to shoot and fly in the game. Also, I've been into... I've actually been playing Nintendo Badge Arcade a lot on the 3DS. And you can get new badges and kind of decorate your homepage on the 3DS. And it's cool to collect badges. Unfortunately, it costs real money to play. I've talked about this before in a previous episode. But I'm still playing it, enjoying it. But I think it was this morning I spent $12. Three rounds of $4 each to play this game. Which is, I think, it's too much, you know. It might be a good thing that they're closing the 3DS shop down. Because I'm just going to keep playing that game until I run it into the ground. Um, But because of that... There were Star Star Fox badges. So I want it made me want to play Star Fox. So I actually ordered Star Fox um, 64 3DS. And I started playing Star Fox on the N64 online on the Switch service. It's a fun game. It's a cool game. I I wonder if if they're planning on a new Star Fox game. I have a feeling they're not. You know, I think at this point, people want to play it safe. They don't want to take risks, you know, to to spend all this time and money on a new Star Fox game and have it not pay off. I don't think Nintendo or anyone is willing to do that. Because I was reading about Starlink... Starlink is like a, I don't know, adventure shooter game, and it was released on a couple platforms, but on the Switch version, there are missions exclusive with on the Switch with Star Fox characters, so you can play as Fox McCloud and Peppy Hare, Falco Lombardi, and um, Slippy Toad, I don't know, but... That's cool. And Starlink, unfortunately, underperformed, didn't do well. So Ubisoft kind of canceled their plans for that game and for that franchise. So if Starlink didn't do well with exclusive missions involving Star Fox characters, like I don't think they would plan to invest all that time and energy and money into a new Star Fox game. I I hope they would because I like Star Fox. 
But I, I'm also not sure how their those spin-offs did. I don't think Star Fox Adventures did too well. Um, but I, I like Star Fox. I like the franchise. It's a fun, fun characters, fun franchise, fun gameplay. Um, I also constantly wonder, like, Super Mario Odyssey came out in 2017. 18, 19, 20, 20, 20. It's now five years after the fact. There's not even any mention that they're working on the next Super Mario 3D game. There should be a min, at least, you know, give me the rumors, give me the speculation, you know. I'm very much looking forward to Breath of the Wild 2. I don't know if they're working on a new Yoshi game. I don't know if they're working on a new Donkey Kong Country game. Um, I played Kirby in the Forgotten Land a little bit. I'm not the hugest Kirby fan. I'm playing Yoshi's Yoshi and Poochie's Woolly World on 3DS. Um, it's actually kind of hard. I'm not very good at games. I love games. I'm not very good at it. Um, also, Metroid Dread. I've been playing through Dread mode. And... I really didn't think I was going to play it through it that much because playing no hit. So there's a, there's a normal mode, there's a hard mode, and now there's a dread mode. Dread mode is if you get hit once, it's game over. It's dead. You're dead after one hit. And that's not how I like to play games. That's not how I like to play Metroid but the game is so addicting that I'm very far into the game. Um, I have, I'm at like 95% of the items and I was going through the bosses and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to beat this. And I was, I was at Eschu, I don't know how to pronounce that, Eschu, Eschu. And I've, I gamed over so many times and I was getting so frustrated. But now I'm pretty much at the end of the game on dread mode. And I think it's an attribute. Attribute? I think I attribute that to the, the construction of the game and the addicting quality of the game. I don't attribute it to my gaming ability at all because I'm very bad at games. But the game is so addicting that I, I, I'm very surprised that I got this far down in the game in dread mode. And some of those fucking shine spark challenges are just redonkulous. Redonkulous. Um, Edmund's sad stuff. I, I will mention there is a... There is a Resident Evil movie collection uh, on Amazon. I think I got it during Prime um, for like $21. And I'll look. It's not Prime. And it's $24. So on Prime Day, I saved $3. It's the complete collection. It includes all six films. <clears throat> what's interesting is it, this might sound stupid but I I started watching the movie on my PS5 I inserted the Blu-ray 
And sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like turning on the PS5 and going through all that stuff. Sometimes I just want to stream it. It's convenient to stream. So I I started watching on the Blu-ray and then I continued it at a later date on Hulu. But then when I checked today to finish the movie, it's no longer it's no longer on Hulu. So my only choice was to put in the Blu-ray. So it's like that's why it's it's that's the very much pro of owning your media. So now that I have a disc, I could look at the movie. I have the special features. I have everything to my avail. Um, so for Edmund's sad stuff, the segment where I talk about stuff that br- bring me further into financial ruin, I will talk about, or I just talked about, Resident Evil, the complete Blu-ray collection, includes all six films on Amazon for twenty four ninety six. Um, do I have time for a movie beat? Where am I at time-wise? 57 minutes. I'll just do it. I only have one movie for the movie beat where I talk about other movies I've seen regardless of genre. And I watched The Gray Man. 2022 film, action thriller, starring Ryan Gosling. You know, Netflix forces their trailers into your eye and ear holes. Even if you don't click on the item, they force the trailers into your senses. And I was like, is that fucking Captain America? And so we watched it. My wife and I watched it on um, Netflix. Let me go through. Well, I'll just say. We, we liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought the action was good. Story was fine. I thought it was funny in places. It made me laugh. Performances are good. Let's go through the cast list. Ryan Gosling, always good. He's proven himself in action, in comedy, in drama. Comedy, I mean the nice guys. Drama, I mean like first man. <coughs> First, he was the first man. Now he's the gray man. Ugh. Um, Chris Evans, who... I'm just happy that he tried something different. You know, my wife hated him in this movie, but I think she's just used to seeing him as Captain America. And she likes his performance as Captain America. So I think he... She kind of hated his performance just because, you know, sometimes you want to see them as Captain America. But I like that he was trying a different thing, you know, other than other Chris's. Pratt. Um, Anna de Armas is always good. You know, sometimes I sometimes I'm like, man, Anna de Armas was awesome in this movie. She should do more action. And then I'm like, well, you know, maybe I should be rooting for the writers of this movie and maybe I should be rooting for the stunt doubles in this movie cuz it's not it's not always her throwing those punches, you know. But I do love Anna de Armas. 
She's also starring in Blonde, which is, uh, it's confusing to me. I like her a lot, but why is a um, Cuban-Spanish actress playing the whitest woman who ever lived? I, I'm a little confused. Does it bother me? Not really. I'm just, I'm just a little confused. That's all. I just... That's all I want to say. It's a little confusing. Um, in preparation, De Armas worked with a dialect coach for a year. So maybe she's maybe she'll blow us all away in this blonde where she is. She kind of looks the part. Maybe that's the point. Um, September twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Will I see it? Absolutely. Because I'm just reading here, it's NC-17 for its graphic sexual content. <sighs> um, but maybe I shouldn't even admit that I'm confused by it. But I am a fan of hers. I'm root. I'm rooting for her. I'm not. I'm not fighting against this movie. I'm just a little confused. But I like her. I thought she was great in the movie. And spoiler alert: if you haven't seen. The Gray Man. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I turn to my wife and I'm like, if Anna Darmus dies in this movie, heads will roll. Jessica Henwick, I thought she was kind of wasted in this role. You know, she she basically plays a some sort of CIA executive yelling at Captain America like, this is egregious kind of like she's an action star she was in according to wikipedia she was in game of thrones she was in star star wars force awakens and of course she was amazing as colleen wing in iron fist she was in the matrix resurrections which i didn't see and then so they resort her to be in this action movie as a someone who talks um, Reggie Jean Page as Denny Carmichael, who I kept telling my wife, um, do you recognize him? Do you recognize him? Do you recognize him? She kept saying no. So I said he was in Bridgerton. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this. Wagner Mora? Wagner Mora? Who I remember from... Narcos, he he always plays um weirdos. He plays a weirdo in this movie, and he's he's a very good actor. I I'm I guess you would call him a method actor, but he he's an interesting actor. Danush as Lone Wolf. I don't I'm not familiar with him. According to his Wikipedia, it's hefty, so he I'm maybe he's big in India. Um, Julia Butters, who I recognize from a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's very good in this. Alfrey Woodard is very good in this. Um, Billy Bob Thornton, always great. Here's the thing. Um, 
I was surprised to see the the caliber of writers and directors attached to this movie because you wouldn't think that this was the case. So it's directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, who uh, at this point are kind of known for, well, in MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, they did Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. So they obviously they have a lot of big movies um, on their belt, behind their belt. They were directors and producers on Arrested Development, Community, and Happy Endings. So they know what they're doing, regardless of genre. And I guess in recent years, they're very good at action movies. Um, in my opinion, maybe. I'm sure people would disagree. But then, the um, Joe Russo co-wrote the film with Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who I don't recognize the names, but... They wrote Captain America, the first Avenger, Thor the Dark World, which many people didn't like, but I thought was fine. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy, script polished only on GOTG. Captain America, Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. So they're teaming up with Anthony and Joe, D- Joe Russo for a while now. So I guess you can't blame them, but I guess you would blame (laughs) the the writer of the book, um, Mark Greeny, who I'm not familiar with. Um, His first book was The Green Man from 2009. And then he has written for a bunch for the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan series. So this, the story is kind of, well, here's the Wikipedia. It received mixed reviews from critics with praise for its for the ensemble cast, but criticism toward the cliched script and breakneck pacing. There's, also, there's already a sequel in production, or they're talking about a sequel with Gosling reprising his role and a spinoff. Um... The story is like, if you watch the movie, and I recommend it, I think it's good. As There's a conversation between Captain America and Billy Bob Thornton, where Captain America goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack open every man or woman who he's ever slept with, anyone who he's talked to, anyone ever, um, and we're going to kill him. So, like, that conversation alone is John Wick. And there are very, there are a lot of movies that I would consider John Wick clones. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because I love the first John Wick. And Whatever Happened to Monday, I would consider somewhat of a John Wick clone. I liked it a lot. Kate with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I would consider somewhat of a John Wick clone. I liked it a lot. Nobody, obviously, with Better Call Saul. I think it's made made by the same people who made John Wick. I liked it fine. So, but that conversation, and then 
with Ryan Gosling like killing everyone. That's very John Wick. But this whole thing where the gray man, he's he joins in an organization and then the organization turns on him. So he has to defend himself. That's That's been done 80 billion times. Another one that comes to mind is Polar with Mads Mikkelsen, where he's part of this organization and he wants to retire. But if he dies before the retirement age, they don't have to pay him. So they try to kill him. The same organization that he's worked for for many, many years decides to kill him. So there's... The story is just, it's been done before, but this is a novel from 2009, so I don't know if maybe people borrowed from his novel. It's kind of, It kind of reminds me of, come on man, you can think of it, you can think of it, oh, The Little Things, where he wrote that script before Seven. Or around the same time 7 came out, and then 7 came out, and then the little things came out, whatever, 15, 20 years later. So obviously they're going to think the little things is derivative. So this movie feels a little derivative. But I still think it was a pretty solid... It's very entertaining. Um, There is a scene that reminded me of... <laughs> MacGyver, and you'll know it when you see it, but that's a very fun sequence. Um, I liked it a lot. It's entertaining. I recommend you check it out. 46% Rotten Tomatoes, which I do not agree with. Um, the Gray Man has the star-studded outline of an entertaining action thriller, but it's filled in with lukewarm leftovers from far better films. I can't disagree with that, but um, it's it's fun. A, um, a spin-off film which will explore a different element of the Gray Man universe will be written by Paul Warnick and Rhett Reese. Um, check it out, the Gray Man. I clicked on this article wikipedia ghosted is an upcoming american romantic adventure action adventure film directed by dexter fletcher from a screenplay by paul warnick and rhett reese produced by skydance media it stars chris evans and anna de armas it is set to be released by apple tv plus um it doesn't say when it's going to be released ghosted is a Title that's been used approximately 80 billion times before. Where am I at time-wise? I'm at an hour 11, and finally, we get to the meat. Resident Evil 2002. It's an action horror film written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh boy. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, who did Mortal Kombat... Uh, directed it, directed Event Horizon, which surprising to me. Um, I didn't love that movie, but I know Joe DeRosa liked it a lot. Resident Evil director, producer, and writer. Alien vs. Predator director and writer. Um, 
And then he, obviously he did a lot with the Resident Evil franchise of movies, producer and writer. Um, the Three Musketeers, 2011, director, producer, writer. Monster Hunter, which I want to see. Again, starring Mila Jovovich. Why? Because his wife is Mila Jovovich. Um, there's a girl named Ever Anderson, born in 2007, who is their child. Resident Evil, I did not like. I just felt that everything about it felt low effort. It felt cheap. The acting, most of the... like the, There's a lengthy introduction sequence to this movie, and I felt the acting was particularly bad. There's a CGI creature in it, which I thought was particularly bad. The acting in most of this was pretty bad um exceptions i would say are mila jovovich although she doesn't do much doesn't say much michelle rodriguez is you know playing that tough girl and she she does it well so same here she does it well but like in the middle of this movie like i never talk i'm not I don't know much about film, so I'm not going to say the right terminology or phrases and whatever. But in the middle of this movie, like, I was noticing the lighting. And I feel like lighting is not something you should notice or talk about. But I kept thinking, like, these scenes are too bright. You have these crazed zombie creatures. Some of them don't appear to have any sort of makeup on them at all. Other people have one, you know, a blood, somewhat of a bloody lip. Um, makeup is not great. It, the And the, it was too bright. I'm like, I'm not scared. There's no suspense. There's no mystery. There's no atmosphere. You know, you, if you feel scared by a movie or re, the, in terms of tone, I like to use the word atmospheric. But this movie was the opposite of atmospheric it just felt really low effort really cheap and i'm gonna call out an actor who it's one of the worst performances i've ever seen usually i wouldn't want to be mean about it but this was very bad martin cruz is an australian stage television and movie actor he played Chad Kaplan. His filmography includes 2002 Resident Evil, 2006 Dead or Alive, 2013 Patrick. Martin Cruz, I believe there's a reason why you only have three listings on your filmography, and the reasons are good. Not to be mean, nothing personal. I think his... Constantly screaming, constant needless screaming in this movie was an inspiration for Finn in Star Wars The Force Awakening. The Force Awakens. Um, a name that um, popped out to me when I saw the credits and I didn't 
see her in the movie. I didn't recognize her. Fiona Glasscott, who I was Googling months ago because she's playing Minerva McGonagall in the new Fantastic Beasts movie. And I remember telling my friend Germsboro, I said, why don't they ca- why don't they cast a hot young uh, Scottish actress to play McGonagall in these prequels? And they did. It was Fiona Glasscott. Still haven't seen that new Fantastic Beast movie. If you would have told me at the height of my Harry Potter fandom, if you would have told me there's going to be a new Harry Potter esque Harry Potter ish spin off movie in 2022 and you're not going to see it, you're not going to have any interest, I'd be like, there's no way. Yet here we are. Um. I just, I thought the acting was not great. You know, the the first, the first, uh, some of the clips, the short clips of Mila Jovovich, you know, fighting dogs and shooting dogs and stuff is cool. I'm sure no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. I hope so. But other than that, yeah, I don't think it's a great movie. Um, Let me see on Wikipedia. Um, The film received negative reviews from critics and grossed $103 million worldwide against a production budget of $33 million. So it received negative reviews, but it spawned five sequels. That's the life, that's the world that we're living in. Um... 36% 36% Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus reads, like other video game adaptations, Resident Evil is loud, violent, formulaic, and cheesy. Um, Robert K. Elder stated, the film updates the zombie genre with an anti-corporate message while still scaring its audience and providing heart-pounding action. The film is... As impersonal in its relentlessness as the video game series that inspired it, says Owen Gleiberman. Both Resident Evil and the sequel appear on Roger Ebert's Most Hated Films list, published in 2005. In his review, Ebert describes Resident Evil as a zombie movie set in the 21st century where large metallic objects make crashing noises just by being looked at. And he criticizes the dialogue for being a series of commands and explanations with no small talk. In 2014, filmmaker James Cameron named Resident Evil his biggest guilty pleasure. It's kind of weird. Um, I haven't, I haven't really played any of the games. I in you know in the past year I purchased a Resident Evil 4 on the Switch, and it also came with digital codes for 5 and 6. Haven't played it. I kept seeing videos online of 8 Village, or is it 7? 7 Village? Wait, V-I-L-L. 8 Village? And, you know, that girl, Lady D, I guess. And, um, 
uh, I've mentioned on the show before, I'm a, I'm scared. I'm easily scared. So those wouldn't be my games of choice anyway. I'd probably be scared of them, but I might check them out. Um, yeah, the movie's not great. What I wanted to mention is the, the story in general of the movie is kind of cool because there's this evil corporation called the Umbrella Corporation. So here's the story in general from my recollection. There's, oh, I just said it, there's the evil Umbrella Corporation that's doing a bunch of shady things and there's a group of people who are trying to find evidence to bring its downfall so it stops doing all these corrupt and evil things like experimentation and all this stuff and it's kind of confusing because at the end they reveal that there's this bad guy who broke open the virus and caused this building to become infected with the virus and he tried to escape with the antivirus i guess he was going to try to make a lot of money and it's also um anyway at the end of the movie the end of the movie is kind of cool because you know mila jovovich wakes up in this you know lab or whatever and then she comes out of the building and basically well it's supposed to signify that the earth the world the planet is infected by the virus everyone's dead there's a there's a city that's devastated by the disaster although it kind of just looks like there's a bunch of cars in disarray and they threw a bunch of papers in the air as if it's fucking confetti and then smoke billowing from cars and it's supposed to signify the end of the world and she's like kind of a lone survivor type deal she grabs a gun um so it's I, I like a good origin story and it's an interesting origin story where this is how the beginning the beginning of the end of the world starts with this zombie apocalypse. So like by the end of the movie the ending was pretty cool. And also I I watched on the special features there's a, there was an alternate ending where Mila Jovovich it shows her I don't know 6 months or years after the end of the movie and she ends up being kind of a kick-ass lady and she tries to figure out what happened to her friend or the the guy who's trying to bring down the corporation because they brought they took him and they're probably experimenting him and testing on him and she goes back to the umbrella corporation and she's about to infiltrate the building and then Paul W.S. Anderson is like, it's a much smaller ending, but it's um, a lot more positive and it didn't feel right. So we went with the original ending with the end of the world. And I vastly prefer the end of the world ending. Um, so in terms of story, uh, the story is cool. The execution is is bad, I would say. Um. You know, there was that movie recently, Resident Evil something something Raccoon City. I think it was a, an attempt to be more loyal to the games. 
And there was that girl, I think, Anna Scoladario. So I'm interested in watching that movie. Um, my friend said that he watched the series on Netflix. And I was like, how is it? He's like, oh, I finished it. It's like eight episodes. And I'm like, and he's like, it's it's not great. It's like a generic zombie story. I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to say it's good because you binged it all eight episodes quickly. He's like, no, it's not great. So this series is very popular. They keep trying to monetize the popularity through TV shows and movies and I don't know that they've succeeded. I'm going to watch the rest of the sequels at some point, hopefully not in quick succession because I want to spread these out. And after the first one, I'm not too excited to watch the sequels, but isn't Olivia Munn in one of these? Um, should I just Google Olivia Munn? Is Olivia Munn nice? I remember her from um, Attack of the Show, but I don't know if she, I can't get a gauge on, on her as a person. I guess it doesn't matter because I'm never going to meet her or none of this matters, right? Right? Um, I'm looking through her Wikipedia. I don't know why I thought she was in a Resident Evil movie. Um, maybe it was Deliver Us From Evil. Um, I'm just going to control F the fuck out of this. Um, no, I was completely wrong. Completely wrong in every way. Olivia Munn has never been in a Resident Evil movie ever. Maybe I should just Google Olivia Munn Resident Evil. Fan casting Olivia Munn as Jill Valentine. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I don't know why I thought Olivia Munn was... Um, I don't know. I just don't know. Mila Jovovich, I really only know from The Fifth Element. I don't think I've seen her in much else. I should check out some of her um, filmography. Also, I want to mention that last night I had a weird dream where Trump was president again. And he lost to Captain America himself. Chris Evans. And I was like, you played Captain America and you can't beat Trump for the presidential election? And this dream confused me so much that I actually googled the word Biden in the morning. It was a weird morning. It was a weird night. Um, I was going to say something and I forgot. I don't know what I was going to say. I'm going to try to remember in the next few seconds. Oh, I don't understand the name Resident Evil. Uh, maybe we can find it if we Google history. 
I'm not going to find it. But res like resident is like I think of a person who lives like a resident of a city or a resident of a town. Or like I'm a resident of the United States. I'm a resident of California. And then evil is obviously evil. Let me see a resident definition. Maybe it's an adjective. Living somewhere on a long-term basis. He has been resident in Brazil. So I still don't get it. Maybe evil has been resident in this world. It's just kind of a weird naming convention for a very popular video game series. Resident Evil. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I thought that line of thinking would be more interesting, but I was wrong. I was wrong. I think that's all I have for this episode. Let me see where I am at time-wise. An hour 30. Gosh, that's long. And such little substance in such a long time. Um, I, I guess that's all I have. If you like... Don't say pina coladas, you fucking bastard. Don't say it. If you like Final Fantasy, please check out youtube.com slash odddrummergaming. By the way... Um, You know what's weird is, you know, I've I've followed videos from YouTube strategy and they say be consistent. Be consistent. Um, that's very important. Um, better or done is better than perfect. So even if your video is not perfect, post it once every week. You will grow that way. And I think it's true for the most part. But then it's confusing because I have an Excel sheet where I track my subscribers. Actually, that's not going to prove my point. Anyway, my point is that my video, my channel grew by not a not a huge bunch, but like like five, ten subscribers, and I I missed a week because you know I took a vacay. And I don't know, for whatever reason, people are finding my video, maybe my latest one. And my channel's growing, which I'm very thankful for. Again, it also makes me panic. Like, now, now my content actually has to, I have to try to make it good because people might be watching. Also, I'm very bad at responding to comments, and I'm very sorry about that. But that has to do with me feeling low energy, anxious, and depressed, and I don't know how to connect to other human beings, and I, I apologize for that. It's not you. It's me, George Costanza. Um, I'm sorry about that, because you took the time to check out my video, watch it, comment, put some thought into the content of my video, and I just, sometimes I don't reply, and I'm very sorry about that. I apologize. Um, but thank you. I'm going to try to be better at that. If you like drums and video games, if you like drums and video games, please check out youtube.com slash drumj8. I'm going to try to post more on that. I wish I had more energy. You know, everyone has the same amount of time, but not everyone has the same amount of energy.
You know what I mean? You don't know what I mean. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope your mental health is okay. I hope your physical health is okay. I hope your pets are well, healthy, and thriving. Um, I think that's all I got. Thank you for listening. And say hi to your pets for me.